MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, December 2nd, 2019. Today, the Reeker and Sandy depositions in the impeachment inquiry, a FOIA request for the OMB is granted, news about Gordon Sundland and sexual misconduct, the government suit stays alive, Kaludi Rudy is back in the news, and some schadenfreude. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn Hello. and Mandy Reeder. Hello. How are ya? Good. Good, yeah. Do you have a good holiday, a good weekend? Yes. Yes, yes very much so. Me too. Thanks for having uh, me over to your house. Yeah, of course. We had we had a lot of pie, and um, my dog irritated you a lot. No, <laughs> just he kidding. Was wonderful. He 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 just likes to give you love forever until even even when you're sick of it. He's very aggressive about the love. Giving. Yes, he's yeah. like a he's like, like a little care bear or like a demonic teddy bear, mm. just radiating his love at you. Like, yeah, <laughs> it can, it, yeah it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot of love. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot it's of good love. <laughs> On the topic of Thanksgiving and Black Friday, did you see this Twitter video going around about Black Friday in Canada? Canada's different? Yeah. <laughs> the doors open and someone like, says, oh, please go ahead. After well, you. After you. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I was getting my hair done um, on Friday. And my hairdresser good, was like, way. thank you. Got some Thanks. fresh blue. How else will they know I'm a feminist? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, God. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, my hairdresser was like, you, any Black Friday uh, any Black Friday deals? And then again, like my barista at the coffee shop was like, do you know any Black Friday shopping? And I was like, wow, Americans are really intense about this. I'm oh. small business Saturday. That's what I like. Yeah. Totally. And small then I Cyber Saturday. Monday it up. Yeah. 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 Some of the deals are just pitiful, though. It's yeah. like, you call that a deal, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> one day yeah one day you have to not make massive profits yeah which is which not do. how that goes at all yeah <laughs> uh, totally anyway good times good times uh we do have a lot of news to get to uh it was a short week holiday week but there still was news so we're going to cover it here and uh, if you want to get the rest of the news more of the 2016 molar style stuff and flynn updates you can listen to the molar she wrote podcast which came out yesterday mm-hmm. uh anyway we do have a lot to get to so let's hit the hot notes hot notes All right. This past Tuesday night, after we recorded our last episode before Thanksgiving, lawmakers released the depositions transcripts of of the acting assistant secretary of state for European affairs, Philip Reeker, and the deputy associate director for national security programs at the Office of Management and Budget, whose business card is probably eight by ten, Mark Sandy. Uh, I wanted to go over some key points from these hearings because they were released after the HIPSI wrapped up their public hearings, the Intelligence Committee wrapped mm-hmm. up their public hearings on, on the Ukraine bribery scandal. And despite some shocking revelations, they did not include these two in their public facing hearings. And I, I don't understand why at least Mark Sandy wasn't included in that, because he's had some crazy shit to tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, In my opinion, the most significant information that came during Mark Sandy's deposition was when he told lawmakers that two officials in the Office of Management and Budget resigned over legality concerns of the hold placed on the military aid. Uh, We still do not know the names of the two individuals that resigned, but we know at least one of them worked in the legal department. That's the department that was, you know... After the fact, when Trump was trying to get them to come up with legal justification for the hold on on the aid, um, that's the department this person worked in. They resigned. Um, And then in August, 
Several divisions at the OMB wrote a joint memo saying the aid should be released to Ukraine as soon as possible. Sandy also testified he didn't get a reason for the hold until September, which is coincidentally around the time the existence of the whistleblower became public, which we know Trump knew about a week or two Mm -hmm. in advance. Sandy's testimony also indicates that it was public media reports and not budget policy that was the catalyst for Trump placing the hold in the first place. Sandy testified that Trump didn't ask the Office of, uh, Office of Management and Budget about the money until there were media reports that the money was going to be spent. Then from Reeker, the acting assistant secretary of state for European affairs, we learned that Sunland had a script for Zelensky and Sunland had said he was being directed by the president. That corroborates Sunland's testimony that he was acting at the direction of Trump. But Reeker went on to say that Giuliani wanted the Bidens investigated. And this makes it even harder to believe Sunland and Volcker didn't know Burisma meant Biden, especially with the corroborating testimony of everyone else that mm-hmm. knew that it was. Mm-hmm. And something else amazing happened this week uh, after those depositions were released. As we know, the House has subpoenaed documents regarding the Ukraine scandal and the State Department and Office of Management and Budget refused to hand them over. But Friday, a watchdog group called American Oversight hit pay dirt from a Freedom of Information Act request. They were able to pry the documents loose much faster using FOIA than the courts can enforce the congressional subpoenas. And American Oversight said they uh, on, that only a few categories of what they requested were released and some records were missing, specifically formal directives recalling Marie Yovanovitch from her post. Mm and any readouts from the July 25th call. Still to come are internal communications such as those between Pompeo and other State Department employees like Volcker and Sunland about Giuliani and his efforts to remove Ivanovich. And they had five other FOIA lawsuits pending, including one against the State Department for Volcker's calendars from March to September, his text messages and WhatsApp communications with or about Giuliani or anything about Ukraine. And they're also looking for emails from Russell Vaught and Michael Duffy, and those top Department of Defense officials like Mark Esper and David Norquist. Uh, I assume they're sharing these documents with, with House Democrats as they come out. Uh, but it, it appears now that FOIA requests are, are getting getting the job done faster than House Democrats. And it's not House Democrats' fault. Mm-hmm. They, they have, they're going through the courts and Trump's delay and delay and delay. And Stonewall and Stonewall and Stonewall. Please always blame Trump because he is the obstructor here. Yep. Um, you can't blame you know the firefighter not working the jaws of life fast enough after somebody got hit by a drunk driver or the drunk driver is the problem yeah so just remember that when you get frustrated by how slow these things are going through the court they are being delayed and objected to and stonewalled by the trump administration and the white house that is the source of your anger i promise Mm -hmm. this is not how it's supposed to work not at all the press is not supposed to be more you know able to get these documents over congress no and now we've we've now live in a society where congressional subpoenas are suggestions Mm -hmm. and that is not how it's supposed to go Mm -hmm. that is so wrong and anyway speaking of gordon sunland we got some more news about him this week jordan yeah so uh there are reports coming out that he has like a checkered past with treating women uh like shit so what? Yeah. So I know. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> I responded I, like legitimately I, to that. I was like, yeah. Someone who's yep. friends with me heard it. Women badly. Oh, I'm shocked. Go yeah. On. Yeah. So there's accusations coming out. Go from, on. <laughs> sorry. Uh, from three women that say that Sunland retaliated against them after he made sexual advances at them and they turned him down and then he 
did something shitty that they were not expecting him to do. So it's different in all three cases. One of the cases, there's a potential business partner of his, apparently, that said that uh, she was once getting a tour of a hotel from him when he grabbed her face and then kissed her. This is all reported coming out of Independent. Um, And apparently when she rejected that, he then decided to not invest in her business. So that was one of the instances. Um, Another woman says that she remembers... Sondland making an advance at her and her literally trying to get away from him to the point where she fell over a couch backwards and this happened after Sondland exposed himself to her and after that uh, she after she said that she wasn't interested in that or what just happened uh, he apparently called her and yelled at her about being shitty at her job so that was the second one and the third one uh, she's apparently 27 years younger than him um said that he was giving her all of this job advice basically and was kind of like mentoring her and then he pressed himself up against her and kissed her during one of their meetings and then she turned him down and then after that he stopped giving her the advice and stopped that professional relationship that they had so and let me correct myself this is a reporting from pro Publica. <laughs> That's a joke from the other from pod. The other podcast. Pro we were talking about whether we pronounce it ProPublica or ProPublica, and yes. I recommended ProPublica. Pro <laughs> uh, but this is like joint reporting from them in Portland Monthly, apparently. So those are the accusations that are out right now. I think, unfortunately, because I imagine the statute of limitations on those things are like long gone. They're not going to come to any sort of actual resolution in civil court, but... There it is. Worth talking about. We just can't forget that above all else, like the men that he surrounds himself with are also assaulters and misogynists and people who treat women badly. Mm -hmm. I do feel like in a lot of those cases, like even if it did go to court, they would they would just be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. It'd be hard to prove the damages. Yeah. Because it's like if you have an employer, for example, I guess in one case, they were an employee, it sounded like, because he was, like, talking to her about what a shitty employee she was or whatever. Um, But unless... I feel like you have to prove that they were, like, lauding something over you and took it away from you unjustly because you rejected them. But if it's something like him saying, I'm not going to invest in your business, I don't really know if they could prove anything in that. Because that's, like, potential money coming in. And then they have the right to invest or not invest in whatever they want. Whereas an employer has to pay you and can't just fire you because you've rejected their sexual advances. But it's still gross. It, oh, totally. Gross. Yeah. No, totally shitty. And see that behavior all the goddamn yeah. time from men in power everywhere. Yes, that's true. It's not just relegated to the Republican Party, although Trump does seem to surround himself with harassers and misconduct, mm-hmm. sexual yeah. misconduct, pe- uh, any, people who need to be on the sexual registry. Yeah. We got to keep bringing this shit up, man, because I yeah. need all the female rage we can muster up for uh-huh. 2020. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring all of it. Totally. Bring your rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bring out your rage. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing Holy Grail. All right. <laughs> Cross generational, transcend generations. Monty we Pythons. did it. Holy Grail. It only took two years. We found it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, all right. I have an update for you in the Kupperman Bolton lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, right after this break. We'll be right back.
Hey everybody, it's AG and Jordan, and today's Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by our favorite thing ever, native deodorant. Uh, aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications. For the longest time, we've been looking for an aluminum-free deodorant that works, uh, and I'm excited to share with you we found it. It's called Native Deodorant. With native, less is more. They have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in it. They use safe, effective ingredients like coconut oil, baking soda, and shea butter without all the chemicals, parabens, and talc found in other deodorants. Native's recipe provides strong protection against odor and wetness while feeling light and fresh under your arms. Uh, it can hang with your workout. Uh, I work out a ton and it, and it works. And that that was the problem I was finding, right? Trying to find an aluminum free that actually worked through my workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can hang with your busy mom life or your uh, 16-hour day. The deodorants come in a variety of great scents like coconut and vanilla. Uh, I have lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. Uh, plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. Um, they also offer um, an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Uh, it's a solid that goes on easy. It doesn't have aluminum, like I said, so it doesn't stain your clothes. I wear black all the time, so that's important to me because I'm goth. Um, <laughs> they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. They've been featured on the Today Show, in Women's Health, Elle, Good Morning America, Pop Sugar, Nylon, Hello Giggles, all over the place. Free shipping on every order, and if you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you a full refund, no questions asked. Subscribe and save 17%. That's $2 a stick. And have native delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. Uh, I Do you have the delivery system? Yeah, it's the best. And truly, I cannot reiterate enough everything that you've said because I am one of the sweatiest people in the world. <laughs> and I also really try to use natural products whenever it's possible. And I couldn't find something until native. And I'm wearing it right now. And I just checked. I smell great. Nice. <laughs> just yeah. checked. Just Self-checked. Checked. <laughs> Holding up. Yeah. yeah, and the subscription saves you so much money, too. Totally. Well, and you want to use it all, like, every day, because, yeah, it smells great, feels nice, works, so... It doesn't stay in your clothes. Yeah, so if you don't have to worry about, like, going to the store whenever you run out and stuff. Yeah, it just comes right to your door. Uh-huh. And you get 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Uh, I have an update on the Kupperman lawsuit for y'all. Kupperman is the former deputy national security advisor. He was number two to John Bolton. Poop. And he did not comply. He was poop to Bolton. Bolton's poop. He did not comply with a subpoena to testify. He was one of the ones. Instead, he filed a lawsuit with the courts seeking guidance from them on whether he should comply with a congressional fucking subpoena. Uh, or, you know, if he should listen to the White House and not comply because of blanket immunity and Trump is a king. Uh, Wednesday, Kupperman's attorney um, uh, asked the court to add the House Sergeant at Arms, Paul Irving, as a defendant in the case, saying Kupperman fears receiving another subpoena if he gets if the case gets dismissed. Uh, now the House, you know, because well, the, pull, the House pulled the subpoena. So here's what Kupperman thinks is going to happen. They pulled the subpoena. And if the case gets dismissed, Kupperman thinks they're going to issue another subpoena and then invoke their olden, their ye old contempt powers, inherit contempt powers, and put them in the jail in the basement. <laughs> so they pulled the subpoena. They asked the court to moot the case. They asked to dismiss. But just days after the D.C. court ruled that McGahn had to testify and White House officials aren't immune from congressional subpoenas, Kupperman made this new request as a way to keep his case alive. Kupperman's case has massive merits issues regarding his ability to sue members of the House because they, you know, they might say they can't be sued under the speech and debate clause of the Constitution. He says, quote, even if the House defendants are immune from suit, the speech and debate clause doesn't apply to the sergeant at arms. Uh, The current defendants on the case are the chairs of the three investigative committees, Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump. 
Judge Leon, and Trump is immune from everything, and the other three are, can, can use a speech and debate clause to, to mm-hmm. be immune from whatever. He, he's not even, I don't even understand this. But Judge Leon will hear arguments December 10th, uh, which keeps Kupperman out of the hot seat, at least until mid-December, hot seat being congressional hearing and uh, testimony. The White House also wants Kupperman's case dismissed. And I'm always like, well, if they want it dismissed, I want it to go forward. Uh, but that's not really why. Uh, they argued that Kupperman faces no real risk of being held in contempt because the executive branch, they're basically saying the executive branch wouldn't pursue a criminal contempt charge bar. Mm. And the House no longer uses its contempt authority. They always go through the mm. Department of Justice. And we aren't going to do that to you, mm-hmm. buddy. Interesting. So after Kupperman added the sergeant in arms to his case, the House responded saying this case should be dismissed. The White House wants the case dismissed. And now for some news about Kaludi Rudy skimming the skim. But before you get into your story, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that, I just can't, like, what is he, I think he's just trying to keep his case alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. So you're saying House House Democrats are saying we're not we don't really exercise that power that we technically have anyway. Trump said that. Oh, the Trump side said. Oh, the Trump side of the House. Republicans in the House. No. Oh, the White House Department of Justice, Trump administration. Oh, House White House. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought yeah, you just said House. I was very confused. They, okay. Trump wants the case. Trump and Barr want the case dismissed because they're saying, we won't. I'm Barr. I'm not going to hold you in contempt, buddy. And and Congress doesn't use their inherent power anymore. Right. They haven't done it in 100 years. So they we won't let them do that to you. Yeah. And I mean, they, they presumably want the case dismissed because they don't want Kupperman and Bolton to mm-hmm. testify. Whereas the House, they're like, we don't have time for your shit. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for your shit. This is just going to go on the uh, obstruction of Congress pile. Okay. And then they're just kind of, do you think, just going to let those testimonies sail away? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you don't need Bolton's testimony to get him impeached. And I guess the, the House Dems are, are thinking even if they got Bolton's testimony, it wouldn't sway any Senate Republicans. What's the point in waiting? Yeah. I think that's what they say. That's what they're saying. Fair enough. Yeah. For a while there, I was thinking Bolton was just going to come on his own accord. So did I. Me yeah. too. But neither of them, neither are Bolton and Kupperman haven't responded to the House Dems saying, the McGahn ruling covers you. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no absolute immunity. Yeah. Come on down. You're the yeah. next contestant on Impeach the President. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they don't want to do that. Okay. Well, I guess you just have to wait and see then what they do over time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we'll keep you posted. (laughs) Put some beans on it. (laughs) So what is Giuliani? What kind of self-dealing bullshit is he getting his disgusting hands in? Yeah. So more shit. Uh, We learned (laughs) this week. Yes. That Giuliani was setting himself up to represent Ukraine's top prosecutor, Lutsenko, for $200,000 at the same time that he was trying to get dirt on the Bidens crazy yeah that's, absolutely insane that's using his power now because yes you remember back in the day on Mueller, she wrote when we would talk about people selling access to the president uh-huh. whether it was the chinese business lady uh, out of mar-a-lago mm-hmm. or whether it was cohen and his slush fund essential consulting it's fucking essential mm-hmm. or whether it was Brody and his thing that he was selling yep. access to the president uh, who still hasn't been indicted. That, yeah. That's just probably one of those referred cases from the Mueller uh, report that got shut down by Barr when he arrived. But to now we have Giuliani in Ukraine saying, 
hey, you're going to do these investigations, right? Oh, and by the way, you're going to give me these deals because otherwise I'm not going to convince Trump to release this aid to you. Yeah. He's extorting them on his own. Yeah. The, I mean, this reporting didn't go as far as to make those connections no, yet. No, that's but just my own beans. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, some version of that, there's 100% a high, high amount of inappropriateness to all of this. And it made Lutsenko uncomfortable to the point where the deal didn't wind up going through. But the work that he was trying to get set up to do, uh, it, it was related to, to Lutsenko basically asking for, for help in trying to recover Ukrainian assets that he believes was stolen from the government in Kiev. Uh, the talks about this potential Giuliani representation, they started this year in January and continued in February, which exactly matches the timing of Giuliani campaigning super hard to solicit Ukraine's help in the 2020 election for Trump. And the deals, like I said, never went through, but they did get to the point where legal agreements were drafted. So it's kind of like a Trump Tower situation almost. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah. The agreements also mentioned work to be done by Victoria Tonzing and Joe DeGeneva. They're also mentioned in this. Of course they are. Uh-huh. Uh, but the payments, the payments of the agreement that contained Giuliani's name, the payments were set to go to Giuliani Partners directly. Uh, Lutsenko says that Giuliani offered to set him up with a meeting with our AG, with US, US's AG, and this was to discuss how those allegedly stolen assets may have been rooted through US bank accounts. So that's what Lutsenko was trying to get, apparently, information-wise. But Giuliani said if he wanted to get that meeting set up, he would have to pay a lobbying firm to get the meeting. And Lutsenko said, I refuse to pay money for a meeting like this. And that's kind of when it fell apart. Bet it was Giuliani's lobbying firm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's no fucking way it's going to like <laughs> go to some... <laughs> My breath. Let's find the best, the most equipped hmm. to do the job. Let's get I'm Perkins and Cooey in there for you. Uh-huh. Uh, it reminds me of when Perry went down there. Rick Perry skipped down there and um, got one of his top donors a 50-year oil and gas drilling contract in yeah. Ukraine uh, as part yep. of their Three Amigo... Mm-hmm. pressure to get them to do the investigations everybody was trying to skim the skim yep it just reminds me of that movie casino yeah uh, and they're like well you know that's another if you want people movie, to do right? your dirty work they're gonna skim mm-hmm. they're gonna do their own l- crimes on top of it yeah and that's good for the mob boss because then he's got that against them yes yeah i i think uh it's obviously super sketch adding to all of the sketchness and it's another just like you said he has an opportunity he has a window of opportunity to come in and make more money for himself and i'm thinking like two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money yes but it's it's not like it's not a crazy huge contract it almost reads as him just being a freaking like petty criminal almost just trying to like collect all of these tiny amounts well, of yeah, money when, where you can when you skim, like i said it's a lot but when you skim it's it's smaller amounts right so you don't get caught and they're they're saying that everything that they did was intended, you know, they they fully intended on like doing the correct FARA registration, you know, processes and everything. So if you're doing that, do you have to do you would you have to hire a lobbying lobbying firm? I feel like you wouldn't have to. No, uh, I don't think so. But and and you know, it, you can have a lobbying firm too that also isn't registered. Yeah, uh, with with the attorney general but then if Barr is in on this rudy could be registered with with the attorney general right that's what i was gonna yeah that's what i was gonna say if he registers as a foreign agent and then he could just set up that meeting and you wouldn't have to charge 
the fucking yeah ukraine's prosecutor or if like, you went through the doj legitimately to do these investigations exactly instead of having, yeah yeah like uh, you, you wouldn't have to register at all is what you're saying yes, yeah and that's so, correct but even if you want even if rudy did yes he he would register and you would find out mm-hmm. uh, and i've been thinking that like maybe rudy registered because it's only Barr that has to know about it mm-hmm. and Barr was mentioned several times by trump on the july 25th call with zelensky yeah uh, and is apparently in on it, and they got mad about that. And that could be bar. What's what incriminates bar is that he allowed these registrations under under FARA. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is the law. You can do this kind of lobbying work if you're registered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those would be public documents, mm-hmm. I would assume, unless mm-hmm. they're stashed somewhere in a system or something where they can't be gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really understand. I don't understand why he would. Um, set well i do understand (laughs) because he is a criminal but i would also think that doing doing that and like setting trying that would set a certain precedent in the mind of a counterpart in a country that you know we've been talking about this even more so over the last couple months really really needs to know that they can trust the u.s government and so by saying some shit like you have to give me this money so we can go through a lobbying firm because we have to do that it's like, no, we don't. And he knew that they didn't either, I think, which is why he's like, right. I'm not going to do that. I was like, if your Department of Justice wants to work on an investigation with us, then they can contact us through the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. And we know that that never happened. Yeah. And that and that's probably what pisses Barr off. Mm-hmm. Barr's probably like, dude, I let you register as a foreign agent. Fucking do your foreign agent thing. <laughs> and yeah, he's trying to make money again. Yeah. Which which would then require money. I wonder if it's fraud guarantee or whatever the firm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's got a few uh, personal business businesses and firms there's another one i can't remember the name of it but which, he's just which trying per- to- giuliani, giuliani. Yeah. yeah yeah this one was the giuliani partners one yeah giuliani partners mm-hmm. but another great creative name <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh he's going so down hard and i can't wait for it yeah uh, and it's gonna and, and it's the southern district too mm-hmm. and it's too late for Barr to quash it mm-hmm. because of Fruman yeah with with this story specifically too I don't think that I mean nothing like I don't think anything illegal happened because they did report that everybody was all registered in the ways that they should have been for like the levels that they were at in the conversations but but it's the communications show that he was extorting yeah like you said something bigger like that at the very least though it is just further evidence of a pattern of behavior yeah, to me, that's a conspiracy to defraud the United States. Going around the Department yeah. <laughs> of Justice's official way of conducting investigations with other countries we have investigatory treaties with to use your per- to benefit personally yep. uh, off of that is, is, to me, a conspiracy to defraud the United States. There were multiple people in on it. That's what you need to have a conspiracy. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's th- that. And we know that they're investigating Rudy for conspiracy to defraud the United States. And I think that that's what this business dealing is, is, mm-hmm. is his personal benefit by circumventing the proper channels to conduct a joint investigation with another country. Mm-hmm. All right. Time for Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. All right. Today's Schadenfreude comes from Reuters. Schadenreuters. Mm-hmm. Um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said Friday that it would be best if Trump doesn't get involved in Britain's upcoming December 12th election during Trump's visit to London for the NATO summit this week. Uh, In October, Trump weighed in saying Labor Party leader Corbyn would be so bad for Britain and Johnson should agree on a pact with Nigel Farage. Uh, It seems the conservatives are nervous. And this is my own take on this. 
Their conservatives in the UK are nervous that Trump opposing Corbyn could help Corbyn, <laughs> probably because Trump said everything, even the national health system should be on the table in trade talks. And Corbyn has said Boris Johnson would sell parts of the NHS to U.S. businesses after Brexit. Yeah, I was actually going to bring this up in my final thought, but since we're bringing it up now, I was actually going to say um, there actually have been in the last couple of years since since 2015, since the um uh, since the general election, um, obviously there's been like you know a lot of chaos since then. But in 2015, there was an election which uh, gave a conservative majority, uh, for, as far as I remember correctly, to David Cameron. And since that time, billions of of dollars or pounds rather in in um, NHS contracts have been given to private contractors. Mm-hmm. So it is bit by bit by bit being dismantled by the conservative government over there, and people are really angry about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, um, doctors and nurses and other workers of the National Health Service in the UK are going to be leading the protest outside Buckingham Palace when Trump is in London for the NATO summit. And um, because they, this is the thing that people are feeling. I mean, Brexit is a whole mess in and of itself. But another major issue for voters is protecting the NHS because mm-hmm. they feel as though if Boris Johnson is elected, um, you know, especially with po- post you know, post-Brexit trade deals, people are really worried that if the conservatives get elected, Brexit ends up happening, the US, or the UK and the US have these new trade deals, that the NHS is going to be completely dismantled and mm-hmm. sold off to American contractors. Yeah, and Trump, while he's over there mm-hmm. at the NATO thing, this is when um, Nadler has invited him to be a part of the impeachment hearings or send a lawyer on his request mm-hmm. to be the, hey, you, you've been crying about due process, put up or shut up, mm-hmm. show up or shut up. And, you know, that... He's going to be away uh, at the NATO thing. But here's the thing. He doesn't give a fuck about NATO. He's withdrawing a quarter of U.S. uh, financial support from NATO. That's just another, uh, you know, tick off the list for Putin, Mm -hmm. Putin's wish list um, to defund NATO. Uh, So that's what he's going there for. So expect him to say some really dumb things uh, and expect uh, the the conservatives in in the UK to be like please shut up because you're you're hurting because Trump has a way bigger disapproval rating in the UK than he has here it's way bigger yeah so anyone Trump helps over there is going to yeah get hurt gross it's mm-hmm. gonna get hurt they're gonna get hurt yeah uh, and so uh, I'm excited to see the protests um, yeah that are gonna be going down and yeah and Trump has said. Yeah, it's a great idea. Dismantle the NHS, pretty much sell it off to U.S. businesses yeah. and private private interests. They're like um, sharks which is, circling the waters Which right is now. what Trump is doing with the Department of Veterans Affairs in the United mm. States, privatizing our government. That's our one, yeah. one of a couple of government health systems that we have, uh, privatizing that as well. Mm-hmm. So It is crazy how much these, how much politics nowadays really boils down to like private versus public on top of racism and nationalism. But, <laughs> But yeah, that's like the crux of so many issues in higher education in the medical industry yeah in pretty much yeah public works just like any anything really that could be exploited for capital gain yeah i hope my uk friends help uh, save the nhs because i fucking love the nhs and i've had really amazing experiences with it so i hope it's saved yes i as as do i Mm -hmm. um so vote yes december 12th I think that's the date. Yeah, it's coming up real fast. I'm sure everyone who listens to us in the UK already mm-hmm. knows. Yeah, you all know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know. No one's learning. Um, but uh, we do have some interesting uh, things going on in our own political climate as well. So, um, but I just, I wanted to get that out there because I just thought it was pretty hilarious that even Boris Johnson is like, mm, Trump, you're not helping. Yeah, just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get social. Hashtag. 
All right, hashtag trending Sunday. Day of this recording is hashtag World AIDS Day. I'm uh, very, I, this is one of my pet causes from way back. Um, uh, in fact, your wife and I started a, a 501c3 back in the day called Rock the Walk, and we, yeah. would, we would put on concerts and events um, locally to raise money for AIDS Walk. And so, and then of course, uh, when I was in college is when the quilt, the AIDS quilt, um, it happened and we got to go visit that um, when they displayed it and just um, been following this um, this epidemic uh, for for so long yeah um, and I that's why I wanted to pick this for, for hashtag today I think it's a great choice I think um I think that something has happened in the last like 20 years where people your age, you know, who were already more grown up in like the the late 80s when this was sort of hitting its peak here, if you will. A lot of young people here now don't actually know a lot about AIDS or think it's like eradicated or like think that it's all better. And like we have medication now and everything is fine. And that's actually really sad. There are a lot of statistics out there showing that the the, the level of understanding um, around AIDS has actually gone down for young people. Uh, um, yeah. So that's sad. But there are still something around 37 million people around the world who um, are living with HIV. People are still dying all the time. And there's still a lot of education that needs to be done. Um, so yeah, check out, uh, there's, there's so many different organizations that you could, you could give to, but I think the best thing you could do is educate yourself. Um, if you don't know a lot about, um, HIV or AIDS, educate yourself. And if you feel like, you know, um, volunteering or helping out or giving a couple bucks or even just educate others, educating Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Sharing an article on social media is even, is even a great thing to do, honestly, with, with, with the facts or the article that speaks to you the most. But yeah, there are still a lot of people living with it. And, um, 770,000 people died of HIV-related causes in 2018. Yeah. Wow. So it's still a huge deal. Um, we, we've made progress, but it is absolutely not eradicated. And um, yeah, it's of, it's of a particular importance, obviously, to, to my community, but I want uh, more people my age to, to know about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, getting, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. And getting Democrats in office, too, is only going to expand access to PrEP, which is, mm-hmm. I imagine, going to try to be limited by conservative governments for whatever... Yeah, and even if they don't just specifically limit that, just the fact that the healthcare that they're trying to, to meds. Yeah. yeah, trying to get rid of healthcare, yeah, um, does it, yeah, does it for us. All right, uh, that is our show. I have a final thought, and my final thought is to read um, Richard Spencer's letter. Um, Not that Richard Spencer. <laughs> Richard Spencer is the uh, now former Secretary of the Navy. And he was the one who wanted Eddie Gallagher to go through a review of his peers to see if he could keep his seal pin, his trident, uh, and retire a seal. And Trump tried to stop that. Trump uh, and and he were dealing with each other directly. And what happened was Esper fired him for going around him. Esper was the Secretary of the Defense, which is above the Secretary of the Navy, fired him for going around him. Um, and Trump pretty much authorized that. I'm not sure who gave the final word, but Esper was the one who fired him. So he says, Dear Mr. President, it has been the extreme honor of a lifetime to stand alongside the men and women of the Navy and Marine Corps uh, team in the protection of the American people and the values that we hold dear. Together, we have made great strides over the past two years, strengthening the foundation of our readiness, the bolstering of our constellation of allies and partners to respond wherever needed with the honor and professionalism that have marked our force for the past 244 years. 
Now more than ever, the United States Navy Marine Corps stands ready and firm in every part of the globe, um, fueled at all times by our greatest resource, the men and women who wear the uniform. Many of them will soon miss their Thanksgiving dinners at home so they can continue to watch beyond the curve of our horizon. They and their families are and will forever be my personal heroes. As Secretary of the Navy, one of the most important responsibilities I have uh, to our people is to maintain good order and discipline throughout the ranks. I regard this as a deadly, as deadly serious business. The lives of our sailors, Marines, and civilian teammates quite literally depend on the professional um, execution of our many missions, and they also depend on the ongoing faith and support of the people who serve and the allies we serve alongside. The rule of law is what sets us apart from our adversaries. Good order and discipline is what has enabled our victory against foreign tyranny time and again. From Captain Lawrence's famous order, don't give up the ship, to the discipline and determination that propelled our flag to the highest point on Iwo Jima, the Constitution and Uniform Code of Military Justice are the shields that set us apart and the beacons that protect us all. Through my Title X authority, I have strived to ensure uh, our proceedings are fair, transparent, and consistent from the newest recruit to the flag and general officer level. Unfortunately, it has, come, uh, it has become apparent that in this respect, I no longer share the same understanding with the commander-in-chief who appointed me in regards to the key principle of good order and discipline. I cannot in good conscience obey an order I believe violates the sacred oath I took in the presence of my family, my flag, and my faith to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The president deserves and should be and should expect a secretary of the Navy who is aligned with his vision for the future of our force uh, generation and sustainment. Therefore, with pride in the achievement, with uh, uh, achievements we've shared, and everlasting faith in the continued service and fidelity of the finest sailors, Marines, and civilian teammates on Earth, I hereby acknowledge my termination of the United States Secretary of the Navy to be effective immediately. I will forever be grateful for the opportunity to have served from my days as a Marine to the extreme honor of serving in the 76th Secretary of the Navy. My wife, Polly, and I stand in appreciation and admiration of the patriots who today forget the next link in the unbroken chain of our Navy and Marine Corps, and we urge all Americans to keep them and their families and their hearts and prayers through this holiday season and beyond. Thank you once again for the opportunity to serve. Wow. It's fucking depressing. <sighs> so as a former Navy, I, I just was compelled to read that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks to uh, Richard Spencer yeah. for his service. Yeah. That's a beautiful letter and really shitty, obviously. And I kind of... It's a bummer that he makes an appeal to the president deserving to have someone in that position that is aligned with his vision because his vision is terrifying. Outside of good order. Yeah. And, yeah. So I really hope he doesn't find someone that aligns with his vision. I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's my final thought. Y'all have any final thoughts? No. Hmm. Yeah. No, mine the only one that I had today was about those um was about those UK protests and keeping you guys all in my thoughts as you hopefully wrangle your country back from Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Yeah, that letter's going to stay with me for the rest of the day, I think. It's a good one. Yeah. That, you're right though. That is a terrifying vision and it, it, it's something about the story around Eddie Gallagher and this entire situation with Richard Spencer has just been like particularly disturbing mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. is the, the white radio like not that there haven't been a lot of disturbing things but something about this particular thing has been really sticking with me the last few days and yeah i think i was avoiding reading the letter for that reason but um yeah, yeah. they're trying to dismantle navy leadership so they can uphold someone who murdered a person yeah or ordered the murder of a person and mm-hmm. then posed with their corpse it's like 
that's what you're going to choose for their campaign. Yes. To campaign with. Oh, my God. You (laughs) he's going to have to do crazier and crazier things to appeal to that base. Right. Hmm. The wall didn't get built. So got to do something. Yeah. That's a grim way to put that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All these fucking people that think they know better than someone like Richard Spencer, who's been in that space for his whole life. And the fact that people think, yeah, he should go. Yeah. He should go. Yeah. And Trump lubed that early and often by saying, I'm, I'm smarter than the generals. I know more than the generals. Listen to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Right. <sighs> on that note, yeah. uh, anybody have any jokes or anything? So <laughs> really. I'm going to go um, yeah, do some. Keep sending pictures of pod dogs and podcasts mm-hmm, yeah. at Daily Beans Pod. We love them. Love, love, love. Like, never stop. That's yeah, always no, just always. always on call. Yeah. Thank you for those, everybody. Uh, uh, become a patron. We're going to start doing video mm-hmm. and we're going to start doing a monthly Q&A with, with patrons at the $10 level. You also get a mug, a Super Space Beans mug. And everything else, newsletter, ad-free daily beans in your premium feed. And the beans are coming off the feed, um, off of the Muller She Wrote feed. So uh, we hope you have found us and are listening to us now because they're on their own feed. Yeah. Also wanted to point out, if you're having any issues with your Patreon feed, I know that we've gotten some some notes about that. We're working with our support team at Patreon to get that sorted out for you. So if you're having any issues there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, Everyone, please. uh, First of all, um, my support goes out to all sailors, soldiers, Marines, um, and yeah. every just serving overseas, especially in the holiday season. Thank you for that. Yeah, and thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. You. And uh, please, everyone, um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. Mandy Reader. Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>